When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Performance Anxiety, proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. In this episode, we welcome Lucy Kruger of Medicine Boy and Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys into the Performance Anxiety family. Lucy tells us about growing up and becoming a musician in South Africa and why she and bandmate Andre Leo moved to Berlin. She talks about how her music has changed over the years and what she's been doing during this never-ending pandemic. But to me, what's incredible is that her music is also reflected in the album art and the videos for the music. It's all one cohesive experience. And on a personal note, there's something about Lucy's voice and her music that just grabs me. It doesn't matter what the band or the project is. It's the only time I want my heart broken. So thank you, Lucy. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for your music. Give her a follow at Lucy underscore Kruger on Instagram. Follow us at Performance ANX. And if you like this and other episodes, check out coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety and consider supporting us with a cup of coffee. Now let's check in on Lucy Kruger on performance anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Okay. Um, hello, my name is Lucy Kruger and I'm a part of Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys and Medicine Boy. And... You're listening to performance anxiety. No, I'm so bad at that stuff, really. I'm just happy that that went okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you for joining me, and uh, this is great. I mean, having I had Andre on a few months ago, and that was really my first exposure preparing for that show uh, my first exposure to Medicine Boy and I've just been working my way all over the back and forth between Medicine Boy to Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys to and I, to finding just recently uh, The Very Wicked oh, and nice. some really interesting stuff so it's uh, it's really great that the, the, your voice and Andre's guitar together really uh, it really resonates with me. There's something about the sound. It's it's just it it really hits home to me. There's a, mm. I have a few bands and and artists that I really really that are my go-tos. If I, no matter what I'm feeling, it's Led Zeppelin, it's uh, the Verve, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and now it's it's anything that you and Andre do. Whatever. Well, that's that's very fine company. <laughs> so, and fortunately. Or unfortunately, the only uh, I've got somebody related to each of those bands on the show at some point, except for the Verve. I've got to work okay. on that. Well, yeah, I'll have to get this. Get this <laughs> so, I do wanted to thank you for coming on. It's, it's really great. It's been amazing going back and listening to all of the the the, the music that that you've created over the years, and it's 
it's really interesting. And I want to find out a little bit more about how you got into music in the first place. Like, uh, for example, um, was, was your family really musical or uh, and when, when did you start with music? Did you start with an instrument? Did you start singing with singing? Yeah, I mean, I think my family, they are musical and also, I suppose, maybe even more important, just very intense music lovers. So um, music has just always been an incredibly important part of my life, just consciously, subconsciously. Um, and I mean, my mom, my mom plays a bit of piano and she sang in choirs and my dad plays guitar. Okay. Um, but I was extremely obsessed with singing in a very annoying way. <laughs> um, <laughs> What do you mean annoying? Yeah, I, How so? Yeah, I mean, well, because I just really wanted to sing anything and everything. And I was really asking, when I, from when I was very little, I was asking the school if I could sing solos. And Oh, wow. Um, I don't think I was very good. I was just very determined. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's the exact opposite of, of me as a child. I was always trying to shy away from having to be out in, in the spotlight. So that was... Yeah, no, that wasn't, that definitely wasn't me. Um, <laughs> not, I mean, not, I suppose not that I wasn't shy, but I just really loved singing. I loved the, yeah, I love, I mean, I suppose I really loved performing. I did other kinds of performing as well, but singing in particular. Okay. And then I guess I started to, um, I listened to all sorts of things and I, I copied all sorts of things. But then I think when I was a teenager and, um, I mean, I think feelings are always complex, but in a particular teen way, <laughs> um, I, and I discovered Joni Mitchell, I guess, oh, my, yeah. my, my, my sister-in-law who was not my sister-in-law at that point, she was my brother's girlfriend. Okay. Um, she had started playing guitar and she, I remember she used to do a cover of a case of you, a Joni Mitchell song. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so, um, yeah, it just kind of, I suppose it blew my mind a little bit. And she was writing, Brian, my sister-in-law was writing her own songs. And um, I really wanted to be able to do that because I could tell, I suppose, that that would feel, that would be a different thing and that would feel different. And Okay. I, yeah, I guess I, I, wanted, I didn't want to copy anymore. I wanted to try and figure out my own thing. Oh, okay. That and so I started playing guitar when I was 16. Uh, and I started writing from then, I guess. Oh, really? Okay. And so at that point, how did that, or when did that take the leap from just writing and, and singing on your own to actually performing in, in public in front of people? Well, I mean, I suppose I, even from, as soon as I started playing, I started performing. Oh, okay. Um, we used to, me and my sister-in-law used to do some shows together and I also did some solo stuff. There was a little guitar. I, I, I grew up in Johannesburg and, um, there used to be a little like guitar club every second week and I would play there and then I played some kind of just small shows here and there, I guess. Oh, and and were then, you playing your own stuff at that point or, or yeah, mix of I covers? Was. I always, I, yeah, I suppose I, I always played a couple of covers, but I really started writing. I mean, I wrote a lot actually. I don't think it was very good necessarily, but I've always been <laughs> someone that, like I know Andre, for example, he, I think he really, he writes something and then it's really kind of, ready and crafted by the time he shares it. Okay. I, I'm really clumsy and I'm, I'm a bit of a, like I, like if I have a song, then I want to play it for somebody immediately, you know? Oh, okay. So my, my poor parents, I think, and siblings had to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose I started doing that from then. Okay. Um, 
yeah, and then I, I went and studied. I studied theatre at Rhodes University, which is a little town in Grahamstown. And I also started playing. I was, you know, the, I, I was playing a lot there, and it was a really lovely way to kind of get comfortable because it's a student town, and everyone's sort of discovering, and it's quite a gentle audience somehow. You know? Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very nurturing. I yeah, imagine. absolutely. So yeah. what's the what's the scene like down there? Because I've, I've never been to South Africa, so I can't, yeah. you know, I can only speak to really East Coast U.S. So, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure what, uh, you know, are, is there, are there a lot of places to play in the, in, in where, when you were going to university? You know, was it a, uh, a very supportive? I mean, gosh, scene? I suppose that's very specific because the place I played, it's really a tiny town. I mean, when, when yeah. the university's on holiday, there's no one there. And so ah, okay. there's not there's not a lot of places to play, but it's manageable to play because, you know, it's not a kind of really competitive scene. Or, ah, okay. Um, you can play much more casually, which I think is really lovely when you're starting out because it's not such a kind of overwhelming industry-driven thing, you know. Yeah, it really yeah. is a much more casual... And in that way, you have space to find a voice and... I don't know, I suppose develop more of an understanding of what the interaction between audience and, and, and artists could and should be like. I don't know if that sounds very pretentious or something. No, <laughs> no it makes sense, though. And the reason I ask is, I, I, I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, first getting into music, I, used to, I, I love reading, and I love reading um, biographies of, of artists that I like, and, and a lot of the artists are musicians. And so I remember reading about how competitive the scene, the, like the punk scene in, in New York City was in the late 70s and how bands would go to, they, you know, CBGB's was the place to play and they would all go and sabotage each other because they're always record execs. Yeah. They're listening to the shows and so one band would try to screw up another band's set or play over their time or, you know, just, so I'm always curious to see if that, if that's just a unique to that time period, that type yeah. of music or... Yeah, I mean, I often think when I when I hear from my, I suppose, friends that are not from South Africa about the creative scene, I, it's it's always very interesting to me. I think that because it's so difficult to make, there is very little industry in South Africa. The okay. attitude is quite different from artists, and it's really beautiful. I really wish that there was industry. Like, that's not a, you know... I don't want to like glamorize not making money because it, it's it's terrible for no it's just the community in the sense that yeah. at some point people have to stop or, or or really have to shift their focus because they have to live. But so it's uh, not. Yeah. I don't think it's. But there is something when 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 there is really very little opportunity to make to turn it into something kind of corporate. Then the then you you can only do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, okay. It kind of, it kind of, it's kind of a safeguard against these things, but obviously that has a very difficult aspect to it as well. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, I suppose what I'm saying is, I think that it is very supportive because the, the focus is so much on the need for it and the need to create and the need to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, that makes sense. That makes that makes total sense. And I, yeah. I used, I was a photographer for years. I went to college for it, and my experience in college was not. I don't want to say it was like the punk scene at CBGB where people were sabotaging each other. But I went there thinking it was going to be this great open conversation yeah, about photography. Sure. And it was more 
a big competition. Yeah, like keep your secrets. And exactly. Stuff. That's yeah. exactly what it was because I remember, I remember specifically, we, what we would do is we'd have to shoot a certain amount of, and this is early 90s, so it wasn't even digital at that point. It was, we were all shooting film still. And um, I remember we had to shoot like 10 rolls of film for each project, which was expensive. And then, yeah. so I'm, I, I, my family was middle class, so I didn't have a whole lot of extra money. So I'm, yeah. I'm not shooting 10 rolls of film. I'm shooting like six because I got to, yeah. I, I can't afford to, to do that because sure. you have to buy the film. You have to buy the, the uh, photo paper. Fortunately, yeah. the chemicals were basically free, but everything else you had to buy. And I remember seeing somebody working on something. I think that is really great. You know, how did you do that? I, I'm, I, I can't tell you. Why, why not? Well, because you might do something and I get a better grade than me. Yeah. Oh, this is not what I came here for. No, so. no. I mean, I also think that, yeah, I guess there's so much to learn from one another, you know, and the yeah. kind of growth that could happen accumulati- accumulatively. Exactly, it's, exactly. Yeah. And, and to be fair, that was mostly within the students. You know, the, the professors were great. They were really open about telling you how to do things. Sure, yeah. I also was not the best about asking my yeah, professors. Sure. I, I, was, it was, I was in a weird space where I kind of felt, I was at a, wasn't mature enough to really take advantage of the opportunity there. And I remember yeah. thinking, if I start something, it was a weird mind frame that I had that if I started something, I should already know all about it. I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I sometimes think that, I mean, I feel like now I'm ready to study. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I would do so much more, you know, like you say, so much more kind of clear about not knowing anything yeah. and, and really being open. And, <laughs> I'd be a much I better guess student it's part now. Of the less, yeah, I guess it's part of the learning, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So you actually have a solo album out prior to working with with Andre and the Very Wicked and Medicine Boy and, and mm. Lucy Krueger and the Lost Boys, how did that come about? When did you when did you start getting uh, noticed and and get this record, this solo well, album in, in the works? What happened was um, I I was studying theater and and I would I had done my honors in that and then I was going to do my masters. But then I sort of, I mean, I had, I really was ready to pretty much go back to university. And then I just decided, I don't know if, if this is really, maybe because of this idea, like I, I've, I've been in this university environment for four years straight from school. And I don't know if it's better for me to actually rather try to step into the world a bit and do something else and then come back to the masters if necessary. Okay. And then, uh, you know, or if, I st- if I still felt I wanted to. And then I decided I had so many songs at that point. I decided I want to make a record, but actually I had a. I guess there was a strange sense of I want to work with. I want to work with people that really know what they're doing because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> makes make sense. It does and it doesn't, you know, because I I learned a lot in the process, but I didn't learn really through making my own mistakes. I think it might have been more valuable to. Well, no, I don't want to say that. It was a different way of learning. Okay. And I, I think that, um, I guess I learned a lot in that. And I think one of the biggest lessons is that I think that the interesting thing one has to say is, is really in like carving out, figuring out your specific, whatever it is, sound, lyrical, well, not style, but I guess it is what you want to say and how you want to say it. And yeah, that first record 
uh, it's hard to say, but I guess I just, it was really a big lesson in, in understanding what's, what's important and, and what's not, what is important. Okay. And I, it's, yeah. And it's not easy to find, at least for me. So. For sure. No, no, no and, I, and I think you're constantly, I mean, I think you, you just, that's the process, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so what was the, the, the approach there? Did you, were you, were you approached to do, uh, to, to be signed by a label? No, or did you actually no, no, receive no. that? No, I just, I, I had um, a few, when I was still a teen, when I was still in school, I had, with a family, my uncle had a small, a kind of small studio space, and um, I went and hung out there for a bit. And there was a, a family friend who's a musician who who plays bass and he also produces. And he had said, if I ever wanted to make an album, I should come and make one with him. Oh, cool! And I was so at that point. It was the first time I'd ever sat in a room with musicians and someone had played my songs, and it was so incredible and I, I, I it really stuck it really stuck in my mind you know it was one of those moments and so yeah. when I wanted to make a record I did I didn't really know anyone or anything in the, in the music world and I so I did just phone him and he said cool let's do it oh man um, so I did yeah. see some some interview clips from that that time period and a, cu- <laughs> a couple tracks and and I've seen a few early live performances the, the the sound you had back then is a lot different from yes. from what you do now. <laughs> yes, it is. It's true. <laughs> it's very strange for me to... It's funny, I was speaking to a friend about this the other day. Somehow, you know, you feel you're going through your life and you're carrying yourself and you feel quite steady or regular or something. But when I look, when I see an image or a clip from myself by chance from yeah. about 10 years ago I can't I can really barely recognize the person it's really? so strange oh my yeah. gosh I touched your sleep you were drained from my need the split was simple you were tired I was weak I watch you look and I make up all the meaning a book of fiction not a So you've got this solo album out, and I've noticed something. This is going to be just kind of a broad, something I've noticed broadly, I guess maybe would be the best way to say it. Every every project you, you work on, from specific, more, more from the very wicked to now, everything gets as you progress gets a little more pared down a little more sparse yeah is that is that a just is that a specific thing you're 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 trying to achieve or is that just the way things are going well i think i mean i think a bit of both i think that it's i think like i think the last solo record that i released which is sleeping tapes yes should have been the first record that i made oh okay if, if that makes sense, I was, I think I was trying to make too much of, I wanted it to be, I wanted things to be more than they were, um, which, which did them a disservice. You know, I think it took away, it just okay. covered up the essence of something. And I, I'm, okay. I'm curious to see what I do next, but I suspect that, or maybe I'll go extremely, no, I, I know, <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm working on. So I, I, I don't, I think that it was kind of a necessary, like, pulling away of things and if I hadn't been even braver it would have just been me but I wasn't 
It wasn't quite that brave. It so, the, yeah. the later stuff sounds pretty. Some of it sounds pretty close to being just you. So it's no, no. That's, I'm. So, uh, there are actually some stuff that there, there is some. There are some songs that are just me. Yeah. All right. But so it's true that it's gone backwards. It, <laughs> so yeah. how did you go from from doing solo stuff, you know, being on TV, being out in the front, doing your own music to the very wicked? Where in the first couple of singles that I'm hearing, in the first EP, you're kind of you're more background vocals, and then the first the the full length that you guys did, which is incredible, by the way. That mm, I was I'm just listening to that honestly for the first time yesterday, and oh. it oh my god that the sound that you guys got on that it's it's the feedback blast on songs like, like yeah. Wash Away, <laughs> Wings of Snow. It's it, that's the kind of stuff that I, I I live for. I love that stuff, but. Yeah. You, you were in the background for the first two singles in the EP, and then you kind of get, you're right out in the forefront for, for the uh, LP. How did, how did, first of all, how did you meet up with everybody? And then what was the process to get you out in front? Yeah, well, I actually, I, I think on that, f the first EP, it's not me on that, it's very, on the Very Wicked the oh, LP okay. is, and one of the, uh, I think A Drop of Water, is that what it's called? I mean, gosh, uh, it's been a long time. Yeah. But... But then, so, so yeah, so I suppose what happened was, I mean, it's kind of a funny story, but I mean, no, it's not very funny. In my mind, it's a bit funny. Um, <laughs> Those are good stories. I, I, um, no, I should never start a story like that because I don't tell funny <laughs> stories. I really don't. <laughs> Setting myself up for failure. Um, no, so when I, when I moved from Grahamstown to Cape Town, I, I really wanted to play with with other musicians and um, I had no idea how to go about finding a band and this one of the same family friend that I'm speaking about his son um, had a band called the Pretty Blue Guns and they were actually playing their last their last show and I knew that Lucas the drummer played a few instruments and I really I just got a little bit drunk and or maybe, I don't know, maybe more than a little bit drunk. And I just went, <laughs> went up to him after the show and I said, do you want to play in my band? And he was super cool and he was like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> and so then we started sort of experimenting and he was really, he was playing a bit of guitar, a bit of drums for my solo project. Okay. But at that point, at that point, him and Andre were busy working on The Very Wicked Okay. Um, okay. And th they had another. They wanted a a woman to sing and play keys, but I I didn't actually play keys. And they had somebody else, but I, th I guess it wasn't quite right. And about two weeks before they launched, um, as a live band, they asked me if I would join. Oh, okay. And I had never played keys before, and <laughs> I had also never been in. I mean, I'd never been in a band. And I went into that first. I went into that rehearsal room for the first time, and it was in a tiny room, and it was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my yeah. whole life. <laughs> yeah, I can I, imagine. I was, I was genuinely shocked. Oh wow! And um, I mean, also because the boys at that point were really like, I don't, you know, now, for example, I mean, it's still extremely loud. But if we rehearse in a room, it's not that loud. You know, all mm. of us have. Yeah, um, boys being boys. I, I, musically. I, I couldn't. Yeah, yes, I couldn't play. I couldn't play keys, and I couldn't hear anything. So <laughs> it was. I remember that first show. I mean, it was all very overwhelming. I can imagine. But then, I, but then, I, but then, I guess we just started to spend time together, personally and musically, and 
Andre started to play a little bit in my solo project. Okay. And then I started working with a really great drummer, and then he ended up playing drums for The Very Wicked. And then the bassist for The Very Wicked started playing bass for me, and it just became this kind of... And so I think we all just really developed some kind of trust and some kind of... And all of us were writing songs. And, yeah, I guess just as we, as, as, it, as it developed, then I suppose... And I, I, yeah, I suppose it just became a more natural thing for me to sing a bit more and okay, and and, and hold space. You know. Understanding what a band is and how it, you know, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's like I said that that is amazing stuff, and for you guys to be so inexperienced, it's that makes it even more incredible to me. It's, 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 I love, love that. That's on my wish list right now. I'm gonna have to pick that up as soon as I can. I I know I can get it digitally. I gotta try to figure out how to get a physical copy because that's. I I feel like I don't own it if I even if I bought it. Yeah, sure. I I feel like I don't own it unless I can get the physical copy. So I'm gonna have to hunt one of those down. (laughs) So was the band uh, well received in South Africa? I mean, was it because it's kind of like a psych, psychedelic, uh, heavy, yeah, music, and it's. And I know that's what Andre really does a lot of, and he's mm. amazing at it. Mm. Is that uh, is there a lot of are there a lot of places to play, or the is the audience uh, open to a lot of different types of music? Well, I mean, I remember when I when I just joined the band that, that Psych Night had just begun as a collective, which is I know you guys spoke about it when you spoke to Andre. But yeah, him and it. I mean, I think that was kind of the idea was that I mean these people love this kind of music, and so did. A wider circle of people and they weren't really shows happening centering around that and it wasn't so easy to you know i guess they weren't really being booked by bigger festivals or and so they decided they wanted to start their own thing where they would put on shows that they wanted to see and they wanted to play okay so they started it was a really beautiful time i think in this in this alternative music scene because they were really building something you know and people yeah. got involved and it felt like uh, it's good to say it's good to say I care and I want to do something about it and I want to build something and and that I guess has really grown into something very lovely because they obviously then eventually put on endless days and yeah. there is a very cool community that's developed around that. I've seen some um, of the clips of the, that. That looks like such an amazing festival. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I, it's I, really really lovely. If I could ever get to South Africa to see that, I I would love. Yeah, it. I think. Uh, I think it's definitely worth it. It's really special. And really, and the bands are so good. Yeah, I'm, no, they really are. I was really it's, amazed. Yeah. All right, so how does The Very Wicked turn into Medicine Boy? Because The Very Wicked is, is four people, and Medicine yeah, Boy five. started... Four or five. Yeah, and, and then Medicine Boy started off as just you and Andre. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I suppose it it was it's it's quite difficult. I mean, it's quite I think it's difficult anywhere in the world, but in South Africa, to make a living from music, and so it's quite difficult to carve out a lot of time to give to something. Okay, because everybody's got everybody has to make a living doing other yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Andre and I really wanted to be just giving everything to it, and we wanted to travel with it, and we had started. Okay. We had started seeing each other, I suppose, around that time, and so we had time, and we wanted to give it to the music and to each other, and and so it just made sense um, okay. to try something new, and yeah, it was really a. I guess it, it was at some. I remember, I can kind of remember the conversation we were we were driving and um, speaking about how we really wanted to travel and how, how challenging it was to try and get everyone together. Just logistically, you know, yeah. I know that everyone really wanted to do it. And then, I, you know, I think one of us said, well, we should start a two-piece sort of as a joke. And, yeah. then, and then it happened. And it wasn't a joke. No. <laughs> no. And Medicine Boys is no joke. I mean, that you guys are incredible. I, I was introduced to you guys through uh, our friend Paula, who's mm. just amazing. I love Paula to death. Yeah, she's, she's the best. But one thing I forgot to ask Andre is... What's behind the name Medicine Boy? What? How did you guys come up with that? <laughs> That's funny. I mean, that was also in a car, I guess. There's a lot of driving in South Africa. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, Andre was sort of, uh, he was looking for, he was, things were a bit challenging and there was, we wanted to, we were on our way to get some, try out some kind of like homeo, homeopathic medicine. And I was teasing him, I think, and I called him, uh, medicine boy or something and at the at the moment at that point we were lo- looking for a band name and i don't know if you've ever looked for a band name but suddenly everything becomes potential you know yeah and then and the other <laughs> the flip side of that is everything's already taken too yes no i know it's very it's really a challenging thing but when we said it then we kind of i liked it both of us i think there was something in the feeling i guess about both those words and the combination that just felt kind of playful and a little bit I guess, I mean, I don't want to say psychedelic in the sense of, I don't know, it had an interesting kind of feeling. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I was, in a, I was in one band in my entire life and we were awful because <laughs> it was just, it was three of us. None of us had ever taken a, a music lesson in, in, in our entire lives. It was early to mid 90s and we just wanted to make noise. It didn't even have yeah, to be. I mean, that's great. It, you know? it was me on, on guitar my and my my two friends Ed and Scott kind of flipped back and forth between bass and drums, but our drums had no cymbals. I don't know where we got well, that's this. Some kind of approach, I guess. You know? <laughs> it's so good. That's a very polite way of saying it. Yeah, and that was we kind of did that. We we wanted to name it. We weren't ever planning on playing out or doing anything with it, but we did record ourselves just just to see how awful it would sound. And we came up with their name, and uh, it was not as good as Medicine Boy. We were Super Karate Monkey Death Car. Wow. Say it again? Super Karate Monkey Death Super Car. Super Karate Monkey Death Car. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. It's different. You did, it but, sounds like all of you wanted your input. <laughs> you were a very democratic band and you thought, let's just use them all. You wouldn't believe it. there's actually another <laughs> Super Karate Monkey Death Car. 
Well, you know, I might actually believe it. It's a weird, it's, it's a crazy world out there. We, did, we looked, I remember early days of the internet, we looked it up and there was one other band named Super Karate Monkey Death Car. I think I had heard it off from a sitcom. It was supposed to be like, okay. I think, it, okay. I think that's what it was. And I, I'd heard it. It was like a fake video game or something that, that, that was going on in this, in this crappy sitcom that like lasted one season. Or and I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how I got it. So somebody else must have been listening at the same time. So anyway, so I know how weird it is, and and and, and it's only yes. gotten worse to 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 find band names. Try to name a band, I know. Yeah, it, you know when you, when things were a little more less global, you could get yeah. away with yeah for sure with having the same name as as a different band. Like the yeah. old the old riff in spine in the movie Spinal Tap. You know, we were the originals, but then there was another original. So then we had to be yeah. the new originals. So. You, can, you can't get away with that kind of crap now. It's, no, it's true. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> I'm trying to... F- See, the, the timeline for me at this point gets a little convoluted, and I'm trying to figure some of this out, and you're smiling. Yes, so. sure. Um, <laughs> Medicine Boy's music is is incredible. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a, a like a concentrated version of The Very Wicked. To me, it sounds like there are two different types of songs in Medicine Boy, and it's definitely ones where I can hear more Andre influence, and then mm. there's ones where there's more Vure influence. And yeah. I think, and I told this to Andre yesterday, I think you hold a record for me in writing the most amount of songs that have broken my heart. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife that yesterday too, and, and, and she's like, I, I can't listen to them right now. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't play them for me. But it, it's true. I mean, I started making a list of the ones, like uh, Digging a Hole, uh, For the Time Being, A Window... Those songs are so amazing, and and a, a window really sticks with me. And, and digging a hole right now, but I'll, we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute. Those those songs are just so achingly gorgeous, and it's mm-hmm. just the music. But your voice is also just it's so soft and and beautiful. It, yeah, I've, but it's it's not always just. It's, you've got this great quality. To me, it sounds kind of like a, a like a Grace Slick meets Lorena McKennett with a little with, with a lot more restraint and, and subtlety and it's I don't even know what the question is at this point I've just kind of gone off uh, on a tangent. no I mean it's, it's, it's thank you it's very nice it's lovely to hear that it's a very but deep compliment thank you how do you figure out at this point what was because Medicine Boy just released their last their la- your last album and yeah, uh, yeah. 
and, but at the same time, you were working on music with uh, Lucy, Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys. Yeah. How did you determine what song would go for what band? Some, sometimes it was quite obvious. Sometimes I was writing specifically for Medicine Boy. Okay. Um, but I guess often, you know, when Andre and I first started Medicine Boy, we were living together. And I guess I just, I just write a lot as well. And then I, sometimes it would be, uh, you know, which are the ones that Andre may be connected to as well, we would use for Medicine Boy. Okay. Um, it, I said really depended. I mean, I remember one, one song, um, Lashes, which is on kind of like electricity. busy writing the song and I was writing a song and I think he kind of overheard me writing a song and he was like oh that's a really nice chorus and then he like kind of stole the chorus from that song <laughs> for a medicine song and, and that was going to be a Lucy song but it doesn't really you know I mean I don't think it's I mean songs can go so many ways I think so many of them could have been both um, and then it just and then and then it I guess the production styles shifts. But even even in, even in that way, I mean, there's a song on kind of like electricity called um, is it on kind of yeah I think so called Beautiful Blue. Okay, yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh my um, gosh, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I guess the point is that there's a song that I wrote that Andre just plays guitar and I sing and then there's one on sleeping tapes where Andre just plays guitar and I sing and I'm pretty sure that, that they could be in a way interchangeable but I think that yeah. there's something there's something really um, powerful about which is why I really I guess we've never really been a band that releases a lot of singles it's with really made albums yeah and I think that I really love the idea of if you are working on a collection of songs over a period of time something in this your decision making just in the way that you are in the space that you're in there's kind of that energy and your whatever you're feeling and, and enjoying at that time goes into that thing and and if it's two pe two people working on this one thing it's going to have something very specific about it and it becomes some of that's really conscious some of that it just happens you know yeah it, the essence of it just slips in I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but it's not always so clear. Sometimes it was very clear who I was writing for, and sometimes it was it would I would see where the song would go. Okay. I mean, for the time for the time being was really. I wrote that on my guitar, and I thought I never. I thought it was really a bit of a nothing song. Oh and then really? I can, I can remember. Yeah, because I think sometimes I, I think it was one of those songs where I was really feeling a bit sad, and I I, I wrote it as a, a bit of a. I don't know. It wasn't really, I wasn't in a focused writing way. I was kind of just a bit, probably a bit pathetic on my couch. And then <laughs> I think at a later I, I was wanting to experiment with my keys a bit more. And I, I remember that I had this little thing and I thought, oh, I'm going to try and, and, and use it basically just to um, experiment with the keys. And then something about that way of doing it, like brought it to life in a new way for me. Like the doors close 
and then it became a medicine voice song. <laughs> anyway, I guess they, they take very they take very strange journeys sometimes. Well, you know? for the time being, is my youngest daughter's favorite track. She absolutely <laughs> loves that song. And every time I put it on, she's just like, oh, she, <laughs> That's she runs so in the remote. So that so it, it's connecting with me with with my whole family. So it, it's mm, the, that's wonderful. Some of the music, well, most of the music you've written is incredible to me, and it's uh, thank you. Oh, this is kind of a backhanded compliment. That's weird. I should no, say no, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So when did you guys decide to move to Berlin, and what? How did how did you choose Berlin? And and oh, I mean, it was pretty simple actually. We we wanted to be touring, and it's very difficult to do that in South Africa, and Europe was more possible. So we had started doing that, and okay. in order to kind of try and grow on that, we decided we needed to move. And because of our visa stipulations. Berlin was possible. It was kind of central. It was relatively affordable. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I've heard through a few people that I've had on the show that live in Berlin, how open and, and wonderful it is for artists. Mm. So is, have you guys found that to be the case with, with, uh, with Medicine Boy, with touring in, in that area and living there? Yeah, it's interesting. <sighs> I mean, I guess it really depends how you conduct your, your, your life. And I guess Berlin, you can do it in many ways. I guess that's the idea of openness. Okay. I am a bit, I, I sometimes find it a bit difficult to use that openness somehow I, in the sense of, I don't know. I guess I, I, I'm still just sitting in my room making a lot, oh. which is what I was doing in Cape Town, you know? Yeah. Um, there's potential, I think. Maybe that I think you've got to be sort of bold enough to tap into it. And um, and touring, you know, it's not that we're playing a lot in Berlin. Okay. Um, you know, I guess it's just, it's it's the idea is that it, you could be touring a lot more. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> of course, it isn't a very open space. I think that, I think because there are so many different kinds of feelings and people and scenes here that it's interesting. You don't have to be, yeah, you don't have to fight for your identity, but that comes with another kind of, I don't know, I have to figure it out, but. Um, <laughs> uh oh. That, oh yeah, that's going to take a long time. It's going to happen in this show. <laughs> well, I just have to have you back on. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be just as confused. <laughs> I want, need you to to kind of help me out with a little bit of this. This is the part of the timeline that gets a little confusing for me. Yes. At the oh, let's see, a couple of years ago, Medicine Boy is still active, and then. Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys kind of tapes, takes shape. But Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys is basically the very wicked. It's pretty much the same yeah. people, am I right? Yeah, 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 it is. Okay. It wasn't... It, it, yeah, sorry, no. Oh, no, no, no. And when this occurs, are you still in Berlin when you guys start with the Lost Boys? No, so the, actually, I mean, the Lost Boys... Um, so the way that it happened was Lucas started playing with me, and then... Andre as well. And this is already the start of The Lost Boys. And then I started working with a drummer. And we had another drummer for The Very Wicked. But um, that didn't... At some point, I guess, we want, things shifted a bit. And uh, okay. we 
we we decided to work with Svana, who was the Lost Boys drummer. And then, Cal, you know, it just then Calvin was, who played bass, was like, I mean, and actually I'd already started playing with him a bit before. I think it makes so much sense in a way, you know, you develop these deep friendships, both musically and personally. Yeah. Um, and I, it already had some of, some kind of identity. And, you know, like I said, the first album I worked with professional session musicians, and that's a very different thing. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 not as easy to generate conversation music, musically honest conversation, you know. Like, yeah. So anyway, the last, the very wicked at some at some point in time, then it was the same. It was the same band, and I I, I recorded a we recorded a um, I think this was in 2015. We we did a we went away to a family I mean not a family friend a friend's place by the sea, and um, he helped us record an EP. Right. Okay. And, and then, yeah. Okay. And, and I'm just trying to pull some of this stuff up while we're, while we're chatting here so I yeah, can yeah. get the names of, of these, of some of this stuff. Correct. Yeah. So, so that was just called at that point when that EP we made was just called Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys. Okay. And I think it was the start of some kind of sound and. Medicine Boy started and we released I guess we released kind of like electricity okay I, I didn't want to I, I really there was something that I you know this there's a um, and I guess this is like a relationship creative or personal there's something that you develop together and it has this identity and that's a really beautiful thing but there's something that you can say on your own or, or I don't know I guess there's just different things that I wanted to say or express Mm -hmm. And I guess in, in some kind of feeling of independence has always been very important to me. Um, and so I, I wanted to carry on with, yeah, because as Medicine Boy, we were saying something together. And, and as Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys, although there was a band, the kind of, I, I was the, I was writing the songs and um, that I felt was like I could say question. different things, you know. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question was, how does the music differ uh, as far as writing? I mean, cause I know yeah. you, you and Andre were working a lot together on, on medicine boy but yeah. once once you add more people are you still the principal songwriter or is everybody it's, it's contributing? absolutely no i mean very i was very much it's very much my songs i mean the band as a as a as a sonic as a sonic conversation the band was it was extremely collaborative okay um but they were my songs well i mean whatever that means i guess the the lyrics and the the, the melody yeah um I have this feeling like there's something, you know, there's something that wants to be said and I find it quite difficult to, yeah, to say it without, it's nice to have some sonic assistance in trying to really get something across, you know? Yeah, that, um, that can contribute, uh, it, well, not can, I mean, it absolutely does contribute to the overall feeling you're trying to get across yeah, with the song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the boys were really a big part of that. And you guys are familiar with each other, so you, you don't have to explain yeah, exactly. as much. Yeah, I yeah, imagine. exactly. You're building some kind of language together. All right, yeah. so... Medicine Boy 
just released their their final album. It's different than the other Medicine Boy albums. It's a lot more aggressive yeah. than the other albums. Was that a was was it a conscious decision for you guys to really go in that direction as your final album? I mean, I guess we didn't know it would be our final album when we first started making it. Okay. Um, so so not it was a conscious decision, but not as a, not because it was the final album. Um, I think you know. I guess we'd always there'd always been a sense of it. I mean, like you, you know, if you heard the very wicked, it's quite um, there'd always been a sense of it. But there was some kind of res- restraint, I guess, and and some of that came from the fact that we started with a drum machine. Yeah, and so there was a kind of feeling that developed around that. But then I think at some point there was maybe a bit of frustration in the freedom of expression that the way that you can kind of push or pull when you're held down by a drum machine. Okay. Um, I think we felt like in order for us to keep saying something and be honest about that expression, there needs to be, and Andre, you know, I I remember because I've played with him in so many different ways now and I guess you haven't seen him play live yet. No, I've I've only... This is as close as I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, so, I mean, he's really, I mean, obviously I'm extremely biased, yeah. but he's a really um, be- beautiful and expressive performer and there's a kind of wildness and that I think is sometimes quite restricted by the drum machine. And that also makes for something interesting, but like I say, that was like, I think we had milked it a bit for what we had. Yeah. And so we wanted to to like the clickers also can be such a the metronome can be such a murderer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we didn't we wanted to and i think and i i, I do feel that it's I, I feel proud that we did that that we didn't ever want to be like okay this is kind of working for us so this is what we'll do now if it wasn't feeling alive then it wasn't right and yeah um i think we just there was a feeling of wanting to let go of it and let loose and or rage a bit. I don't know. I don't know how to say it exactly, but well, it, yeah, it, there was just a feeling sure. of wanting to. Yeah, I can. I can definitely hear it. Like like songs like Wrecker and all. That's just that's a way more aggressive than and, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's. Um, I'm trying to think of of the rest of the discography. I don't remember anything with Andre being that aggressive vocally. I mean, he's no, there's no, some, no, no. definitely some aggressive guitar work and, and some really yeah. you know, psychedelic yeah. guitar work throughout yeah. Medicine Boy, but yeah. vocally, he's really giving it everything on this one. Yeah, I know. It's it's a super, super new territory for him, and um, it was really beautiful to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's definitely my favorite part of the album. Is his, I think his vocal performances are super beautiful. I mean, it's for me, it's like, I guess there's so much there, but it's really, I mean, I remember when he was doing some of those vocals and Fuzzy, the guy that we worked with, who mixed it and who we work with all the time. And the two of us were sitting outside of the vocal room, obviously. And it was so intense to listen and to... <laughs> And you know it's such a crazy and, and it's such a crazy process to hear this person performing these songs. And also, you know, we knew it was the last album. There was such a kind of so much. It was such a cathartic thing. Yeah, very emotional. I'm sure at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I guess there had been so many emotions. So then to have the kind of expression of it and the 
it's really cool and for, for, for us at least you know and hopefully for a few other people who, who need that and you do some really cool stuff vocally now on the last album uh the last medicine boy album uh, take me with you when you disappear and the uh, uh well i'll give you the songs it's a uh, ragdoll and half of a woman you do this mm-hmm. amazing chanting thing at the end of each song really amazing it's there's a lot of, so many layers in it. it is it, did you have that idea going in uh how you want it to sound or was it more experimental and just okay this this sounds right let's leave it alone i mean half of a woman was definitely quite intentional ragdoll was i guess there was it was a little bit playful i mean there was kind of uh, i mean the 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 final version of Ragdoll, I actually, I did that, I recorded that song in my bedroom in Berlin when I was extremely sick and a bit sad. And um, I tried to redo the vocals, but I actually just, I think we all just really, well, I, I in particular, I liked the feeling of whatever was there. And then mm-hmm. the end was, yeah, I guess it was just... You know, it was pretty experimental, I suppose. It really is. Yeah. And then we just kind of, we just kind of liked how it came out. And um, I really like the cuts at the end. Yeah, I, I, it was just kind of experimental, I guess. I, I love it. I think it's it's really, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ragdoll just kind of cut, really yeah, hard yeah. cut at the end. And it, that's really cool. Yeah. So are the Lost Boys in South Africa or are they in Berlin? And how are you guys working together? Well, the last voice has become a term for whoever is <laughs> brave enough to play with me. <laughs> so it's 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 more of an idea. Than... Yeah, I mean, it was it was very much this collection of boys um, originally, but it has become now uh, um, something that shifts depending on. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I mean, I would love to. I, I, I at some point I'll definitely do something with the original boys again oh that'd be great but we, we play together all the time you know it's not like but but it's of course it's just not reason it's not possible yeah you know? yeah one of the things that I, I really enjoy about your music is the covers that you've done and i'm trying to look up a few i wrote them all down well not all of them because mm-hmm. that'd be that'd be pretty crazy but the ones that i you know you've done some amazing songs songs like dylan uh, Neil Young, Nick Cave, Velvet Underground, Tom Waits, Vashti Bunyan, and Jackson Brown. I mean, but they all sound like you wrote them when you do it. <laughs> it's, it's, you're one of the few artists that can really, in my opinion, takes somebody else's song and, and can really make it sound like something that you've written. See it Because I'm still in love with you I want to see you dance 
songs out because you love them or is it well I mean obviously you wouldn't cover a song you hate but is, yeah. are, are there ones where you're like this I can really make this one my own or is it more this this one fits my register what, what no I think anything it's really it? I mean I'm not I'm really not a good I have um, I don't I'm trying to get a bit better at guitar because I have very little knowledge around it and the, 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 the best way for me to learn for to learn and I guess particularly learn guitar, but then also to to really understand songwriting a bit is to really get to know a song that you love and, okay. and really make it your, like, look, I mean, I also make it my own because I can't at all play it like they do. So that is the, <laughs> that's just the only option. But I do think it's a very valuable thing to, to learn because those songs are such incredible songs and they're such incredible songwriters. And it's really, I think about this a lot, like, how wonderful it is to be able to in some way really slip into the hands or the heart of, your, of songwriters that you love because I don't think there's so many art forms where that's possible I mean I guess painters can copy a painting but what could you know authors they can't I don't think it, there's a like a physical processing and rewriting lines that you love but when you're playing a song that you love you're kind of feeling the rhythm and you're feeling the way the words are I don't know it's a really amazing yeah. I think it's a really amazing learning thing and I just I mean I just like I said I love singing when I was little I just love doing that like I, I love to sing songs you know yeah and then you know you're feeling kind of what you felt when you first when you heard the song something whatever moved you to to love that song now you're kind of feeling it while you're creating it yeah and, and coming to understand it I think in like a new way yeah yeah well they the version of Harvest Moon that you guys did was incredible I, I love that and the, the, the Diamond Days by Vashti Bunyan that oh, yeah. is incredible I mm. I came to know her not know, know her but know about her only yeah. a few years ago and so yeah, me, me, me too actually it was a really wonderful discovery yeah oh the yeah. train song was the first thing I ever heard mm, so beautiful that it really that song really and the weirdest thing is it was actually the theme song for a TV show I was watching it was so oh it was, really yeah it's it's, it's a very <laughs> weird show called Patriot on Netflix it's okay okay very strange first the first year there's two seasons and they always threaten to do a third season but they haven't yet okay okay the first season the uh, train song was the theme song okay. and it was this is okay you've already pulled me in with this theme yeah I know that makes a huge difference and the the uh the premise is it's about this like this um a spy or, or secret service kind of guy who has to infiltrate some company to stop some weird thing. But it's kind of, a, it's a very dark comedy and he's just burnt out because of the, the last job he had. He had, I don't know, he had to murder somebody or something. I, I don't know. It's insane. And he's just a shell of himself and he's just kind of going through the motions and he's just, the entire show, he's just sitting there like he's, I don't know, like he's nodding out or something during the entire season, and it's it's the guy, the actor is very good in it. But yeah, the second, it's very dark. It really is. Yeah. But then they they messed it up. The second season, they used a Beastie Boys song for their intro. Uh, but, but there's a reason for that as the, as the season goes. Yeah, but there's a reason for it as you go through the second okay, season. So sure. I would recommend The Patriot if you like dark comedies and Vashti okay. Bunyan as your theme song. <laughs> so. 
I know I've kept you for quite a while, but I, I, I've got. Oh. I had another question, but I just lost it. What the hell? What is going on with my my notes here? My, <laughs> I, I tell you, my computer's act is going really <laughs> crazy. Um, Andre had mentioned that you may have written enough music for a whole nother album while you've <laughs> kind of been on, on lockdown. So, uh, have you been up to, have you been writing more music and, and working out some stuff? Yeah, I have been writing a lot. I, um, I'm working on something new. Uh, <laughs> the thing I did want to ask you about is the visual aspect of the music. Cause you do some amazing videos, the photography, the videography in, on your releases from the the new Medicine Boy album, the cover is incredible. To the videos you've done, the, the video for Digging a Hole is incredible. Uh, Black Spot, that I love. Black Spot, mm. that video is in, just amazing. It, it's mm. is, are those ideas that you have before? Are you is the who is the, is there an art director that that's helping <laughs> with, with ideas? Or well, I mean. It really, it really depends. It's gone many different ways, but mostly I have just extremely talented friends, um, and and so I have. I guess there's always a feeling that develops around the songs and the music. For example, I actually initially for um, some is not that simple. I wanted to do. I had some ideas for videos, and then I, I I very quickly realized that all of them were very much based around water. I would really just go with it. And then I, I spoke to a few friends who were filmmakers and I, I, gave, I, I spoke to them about those ideas. And, and then, for example, with Black Spot, I, I, I didn't really know Joff that well before I did that. That was a bit of a leap of faith. We had met at a music festival and he had said he really likes stuff, he'd love to do something. And then when I had the album, I, I reached out to him and he lives in a different city. And he said, well, why didn't you because he, he's got a whole lot of friends who are making stuff there. Why don't I just come there and we make something? And, and with, for that one, for Black Spot, I really just said, I just said yes. And I, I trusted his vision. Oh, and, that's awesome. Um, that was very much his sort of... But then, for, for example, digging a hole, a friend of mine was in Berlin. And we just got together a number of times. We decided we wanted to make something together, shared some images, and, and just came up with this thing together and then made it together. But but it, so it really depends. But it's it's very uh, the feeling has always been very much one of, I guess, trust and collaboration and experimentation. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's it's never been too pre. Yeah, I, I suppose a bit organic is what I'm saying. Maybe okay, okay. It, yeah. Digging a hole looks. Like, it, that's everything. It, it's just, it's a really interesting video. Backwards. Yeah, it was quite how many takes of that? Strange. How many times did you have to do that? How many well, takes of I that? Well, I mean, it was it was a very interesting thing to do because I really just we hadn't been in Berlin for a long time, and I I really don't like filming in front of 
public audiences. It makes me very shy. I can imagine. And then I was this weird, wet girl <laughs> in this white clothes, like walking backwards through Berlin. But it felt very... Uh, also, I was very lost. I really just... I mean, in, 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 a, in, a, in an emotional way, I guess. I mean, just I literally just moved to a new city and it was very strange. And that was a kind of... Um, sometimes to do something that so matches your feelings is quite a relief somehow or I don't know it was kind of an interesting exercise um, it's a very moving video I, it it fits the song perfectly yeah I'm happy with it I really I really I guess more and more I like simple I, tr I really like the idea of doing something simple that somehow doesn't change the whole song but just adds to a feeling or a, you know yeah and that yeah. that absolutely does and the ending of of black spot where you're just staring straight into the camera and there's silence that's that's intense i yeah man that that yeah. and it, it's hard i got I, I maybe I, I shouldn't say this but i was watching it at work so <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know I hopefully nobody from work's listening like, to this <laughs> but I kind of, I, I, and that's part of the, the the difficulty sometimes when I'm listening and preparing for somebody whose whose music I, I enjoy so much is that I kind of get, especially with with your music because it, uh, like I said, you've written so many songs that that give me such heartache. <laughs> I, I sit there at work and I'm like, and I, I like, my 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 eyes are wet. I can't, I I, I can't. I, Nobody's looking. I, I gotta, because I'm at a desk and there's somebody next to me, and I'm, I put my hand up to my eye, like, and I pretend, maybe pretend it's holding a sneeze or something. So, but when, but then I'm, I'll find that you know, I've got the video playing on my phone, and I'm, and I'm just staring at it, and I'm like, oh crap! I bet I, I actually do my work. Somebody, somebody's looking at me. I, I start typing again. So. The videos to me are incredibly successful in conveying and, and enhancing the feelings of the music. So it's thank you, thank you. If you're working with somebody, you're doing an incredible job of expressing what you want because it's coming through. Thank you. I think I've worked with lovely people. I, it's also just a lovely way of, yeah. It's just some. I mean, you've got the song and you've made it, and you've got your feel. You've got this feeling, and I think it's just a, an, another way for me to to play a bit somehow. But with to your play with friends, you yeah, know? <laughs> and you you know you've got that background in theater, so it's it's yeah, it is a small way to sort of incorporate my world a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, well, like I said, I you know I've kept you for over an hour at this point. I want to thank you so much for for explaining this because there were times where I was kind of like, where all right, where does Medicine Boy yeah, end? And, and sure. so I, yes, it's a bit confusing. It can be, but. It kind of doesn't matter because all the music no, I, is great. I, exactly. I mean, it, I, I, I agree completely. So, <laughs> how can people follow you? How can they get pick up the, the albums? And uh, what can we look for in the future? I know it's everything's still up in the air, but uh, what are we looking at as far as, uh, is there a new album in the works? Are you in the demo stage? Yeah, there is a new album in the works, definitely. Oh, awesome. Um, and I mean, I'd love to be playing live as soon as it's possible. I have a show in November. I guess we'll see if that happens. But I'll definitely be... I mean, I would love to be playing live as much as possible next year. Um, and there will be something... There will be new music. But I, I guess in terms of finding the music, uh, the usual places, Spotify and 
Apple Music and Bandcamp and but yeah, I mean Bandcamp is just the best. Yeah, um, I love Bandcamp. Yeah, it's really great. And they've been doing some great stuff by you know waving yeah, fees for sure. for several sure. times. So yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Well, if you if you ever get a chance to to tour the states at all, I'm I'm there. Uh, anywhere on the East Coast, I'm going to find you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Um, what's uh, What's the social? Is, is there a social media for you, for you, the band that, that people can follow to keep track of? Yeah, you? I mean, I guess Facebook and Instagram. Um, when when there's new stuff, I'll definitely announce it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for spending so much time with me. It's been mm, it's a awesome. pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's really lovely. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.